Well, Jonathan, how's things? Tired. Really, really, really tired, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been a long day, buddy, but here late we night, are. Late night vibes once again, but getting back into the rhythm rhythm of it, Monday and Wednesdays. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important just to keep that, you know, that's that that kind of consistency throughout through our podcast, obviously, for our listeners. Um and as usual, we're kind of staring at each other down the camera going. What what are we gonna do today, Rory? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure most podcast hosts would be kind of studying for half the day in terms of what they're going to speak about. When it comes yeah. to me and you, it's kind of like that's not efficient. Though. And see what see what comes out. That's 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 not efficient. Though spending half a day to think about the <laughs> no, topic. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think we've come to the conclusion we're going to talk about limit orders, right? And, I think yeah, we we always sort of begin talking. We mention a few things, and then we give a few examples. And you're like, "Fuck, that sounds interesting." You let me let me hear about that story. And rather yeah. than me telling you the story, it then it turns into a podcast. Yeah, yeah. How many times have I stopped you and said, "Rory, stop talking, press record." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we end up spending an hour just chatting. Yeah, and we're like, I, actually, that would be a good podcast. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting ones one time was about we were talking about a flat Earth and. And the um the SR seventy one Blackbird, we're yeah, talking about these you know true. secret projects that the U- that the US had over in Area fifty one. We're talking about this. Fuck, we went on for hours about it. Our listeners be interested. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think it would have give Joe Rogan a real run for his money. That one. I think we could do uh, an exclusive, an exclusive two blokes trading uh, yeah. podcast. We can kind of you know talk about a flat Earth. I think that's a that's a that's a really good one. That, that'll be one so people might love to come on and, and hear about that because there is one of us that have an opinion on it <laughs> and it's not me obviously obviously some counter argument rory that's all yeah. i do is literally try to, to to find something to I was going to say there's somebody's bullshit about all these holidays he's ever been on because he's never been on an airplane and looked out the window <laughs> Why, do you, can you see it round from up in the air? Can you? I, I I genuinely think you can. Like, yeah. You, you know, you're you're forty thousand feet in the air, and you can see like you can't see the the perfect curvature, but you can you can see the tip. You, know, you can see that's, that's that's a slant of the window. Do you know when you look at the window like that? Perspex. That's 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 like a fishbowl, mm-hmm. buddy. <laughs> it's both true. That's that's maybe what it is. <laughs> You know, <laughs> plus I've usually had about six whiskeys as well. Yeah. <laughs> well then it should then it should definitely look around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no excuse. Oh yeah. Um, no, I think right. what we're what we're going to do talk about limit orders, stop losses, things like that, market orders as well. You know, maybe go through them because a lot of people hear the terminology, they get confused, and you know we can maybe share a few stories as well about you know good times we've used them, maybe bad times we've used them, sort of different things like that. Absolutely. And I think they're really important for traders that aren't sitting at their screens all day. And it's about how to use them, how to how to place them in the right places, not only the your 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 limit order, but also your stop losses as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really important. And we'll go through that a bit more. And I'm more interested at the moment is to pick your brains a bit because obviously you're a completely different trader to me. Um, how you actually would use them because you are I know you use some technicals in, in some instances, but obviously you are fundamental a fundamental trader. And 
for, for me, when I'm placing limit orders, it's all about the technical aspect of where I yeah. want to put that stop loss, where I'm putting the limit order and so on. For your point of view, would that be the same? Look, it it, it completely depends on, on what I'm trading and what asset class. You know, you know that my main thing is obviously long, short equity portfolio management. And that's really sort of where my main focus would be. But I do take, you know, intraday FX, weekly, daily, monthly FX trades, things like that. You know, um, USD, um, Japanese yen was what I took recently. Euro USD has been one I've been taking this year. And, you know, I take them. And sometimes I would set orders for them. Sometimes I would just go in at market. It it, it really just depends on, on where it is. Because you have to remember, sometimes when you're generating this idea, you'll come up with the idea and you'll think, you know, geez, this is a really good good idea. This needs to be executed quite soon. And if you're somebody who's always on the charts or, or not always on the charts, but somebody who has a good idea of what a chart looks like, and I'm not saying what a fucking line looks like, I'm talking about where price is. You know, if, if I tell you right now, Jonathan, yours at one, 108.67, you could tell me, yeah, the 50M is here and the pivot's there and there's things here. You know, if you can decipher where all that is and I look at your USD and I see right price was at you know one oh eight fifty. I'd be like, yeah, that that's a good level. So I open up the chart, price is at one oh eight fifty. I just know bang, let's just hit that because that's roughly where it is. But if sure, price but, but I'm really interested to see yeah. you know, why you would want to take a limit order, you know, because that that's a that's a big thing, right? Why would you take a limit order? Look, yeah, you, you might be sitting at you might be sitting a bit of data comes out, right? And let, let's run a scenario. You're sitting there and CPI data comes out on uh, what is Wednesday next week, CPI data comes out or Tuesday. It's the 14th anyway. And so next Tuesday, CPI comes out and it comes out hotter than expected, right? And next thing, your USD takes a, takes a rally upwards. And we just know that we can see a key level up there, but we don't know how far it's going to run up. So we have two options. You can turn around and say, well, I'm just going to get in the market right away now but you don't know how far it's going to run up. Or you could say, well, I'm going to put an order at that key level because we know that a lot of people are going to sell when it gets to that key level. So that's the two sides that you can do. Depending on what way you want to run it, depending on what way your your risk tolerance is, that's going to be entirely up to you. But for me, I would probably rather set an order at that limit. So let's just say there's a key level of, I don't know, let's call it one What's your at now? But 107.50. Let's just say it runs back up to that 107.50. I just put an order in for a round there, place your stop loss, and then just wait. And that's pretty much how I'd work that. You know, if yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, for me, as a, as a, I suppose, in terms of a technical point of view, I mean, well, there's a few reasons why I take a limit order, and one would be is that I there's a few trades that I have my eye on. I I did there in between. <laughs> let's say they're in between a certain range or they're just not hitting close enough to that trend that I'm looking for, then I'm going, you know, I want to take this trade. I'm not here. I'm going out. I'm doing something. I'm not out of my desk. I'll put on a limit order um, because what I don't want to do is take, let's say, a sell trade close to a support level or a buy trade close to a resistance level. You know, it's, it's just what you want to do is you want to wait for that optimum time that I can get my stop loss above any recent highs looking at you know to to utilize um that knowing that if i'm sitting in front of that screen at that time this is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. do you know i can wait if price hits that do you yeah. know and, and and you've got the variables as to why you'd want to do it yeah. in terms of its technical base or whatever the case may be but that's the only time i'd use a limit order and i don't use them very often mm-hmm. um again being a day trader it, it's it's really important for me to be able to kind of close my trades um by the end of the day yeah. i uh unless i have a 
really like strong outlook. I'll you know might look for a kind of a more of a swing trade. I mean, obviously dollar the way the markets have been recently. You know, I have been trading slightly longer term than I normally do because we've just seen directional markets. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I mean, for me personally, I only use limit orders if I'm. 100% convinced of this trade I'm not going to be there for it and I want to make sure that I'm I'm going to get in at a certain level yeah. look a lot of the times you don't get a feel you know it just doesn't it just doesn't get there yeah. but you know you want to make sure if it does you're in the market well well that's the thing too you know I think a lot of people as well like to use these orders because you know you have institutions out there too who like to look at the order books and you know they can see orders coming in and out and they can say, well, this is probably where price is going to drive to. If a lot of people are are buying up here, selling up there, that's where price could get drove to. You know, and, and some people like to use orders, you know, for that reason. You know, maybe a conflict of interest within the industry itself of, you know, institutions doing it. But that's just sometimes the way it is. And I've heard people out there saying that they would never set an order simply for that reason. You know, like there's I mean, nothing, nothing worse than than placing orders. And uh, we you actually just said it before we we went live on the podcast, and it's happened to you a few times. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. I think you've yeah. put in your 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 limit orders, and all of a sudden, as a news comes out, and you don't have the power to change your decision. You know that that trade's locked in, unless you obviously have it on your phone and you're you have access to your phone that you can close out of that trade or close that limit order before something you know or whatever whatever stage. But if you're away from the the screens and something that you could have stopped had you been in front of your screens yeah happens and, you know and you know yeah so, sometimes it, it takes you know it takes x amount of time to actually go in and close that order out you know and as i was i was saying before we started this that you know i remember there was a trade i was in it was probably a few years ago now i think it was during covid you know volatility was was on, on a crazy level so you know you've seen these 100 point moves or you know um maybe two to three hundred pip moves in literally the space of two or three seconds and I, and I mean it was crazy you know if you weren't trading in those times go back to the charts take a look at them if you were you'll know what i'm talking about and sometimes you set an order maybe 50 pips away or, or whatever it was you know it was quite far away you set this order and next thing a bit of data came out bang instantly your order got filled yeah. and you hadn't even time to react to, to the data and read it and think right what's what's the, what does this data mean what does it mean for my trade second move was halfway down to your stop loss so then you said okay i'm going to grab the mouse and before you even touch the mouse bang you're out yeah. You, yeah you know and it's like and then you're sitting there going shit what, what do i do now do i do i go back into the market and you know you go back in again and then next thing it, it jumps down another 15 20 points or, or whatever it is and next thing you've lost even more money and that's sometimes the advantage of it is because you can't be quick enough. Had I, in that situation, had I was just using market orders, so just buying and selling at the current level, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, I probably would have seen the news, seen the drop, and been like, "Oh shit, well, well let's just wait a minute." Seen the second drop, which took me out, I probably would have said, "No, frig this, I'm out. I'm not getting on the other side of this. This is just a fall knife." Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, so. You have to add it up. You know how many times does, has that happened to me? That's it's a handful of times something like that's happened over, you know, what a few years. Is it worth ruling it out? Of course not. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you, you once you have your risk parameters in place, I mean, it's a trade that you're going to take. You're going to you're going to take. I mean, if you get stopped out of that trade, it's not the end of the world. I mean, for me, you know, I'll always use and I put it up in the app all the time. It's like obviously there's, there's support resistance levels every week, and you know, I'll use two support 
levels and two resistance levels, just as, mm-hmm. a, as an example for a limit order. Like, so if I'm looking to take a sell trade on my, let's say my um, resistance level one, I will want to make sure I get my my um, stop loss outside of my resistance level two. Do you yeah. know that kind of way? That that's an example of me going, okay, I'm, uh, my bias is to sell into this market because of whatever economic information or data that I have to hand or or a sentiment that's on in the markets. And then I'm going to execute my trade. I'm only using maybe two or three technicals. I use RSI, I'll use moving averages, I'll use my support resistance levels and so on. Um, and then, you know, after that, like like you say, if, once you take that trade and you're comfortable with that trade, regardless if, if, it, if it works or not, do you know, at the end of the day, that's a trade that I would have took had I been sitting at the at the desk anyway. Yeah, and and look, you know, I'm going to loot it back to the first point I made, and it, it depends on your time horizon too, Jonathan. You know, we spoke about you know that dollar yen trade that I talked last week, and you were saying, you know, once I talk it, you were like, mm, I don't know, I don't know if it's right, I don't know if it'd get in now or not. Yeah, and you were thinking, you know, price was at one fifty one forty, and you said to me, well, I might get in at one fifty one eighty, so that was only another forty pips higher up than me. Yeah, and to you 40 pips might be a lot and to other people 40 pips might be a lot but to me it's minimal to me i don't really you know give a shit about 40 pips so that's why i just says i'm happy enough going in at 150 140 i don't care if it's at 150 180 i'll take whatever price it is because my view was that it was going to fall all the way down to 148 147 so when you're taking a trade of that when you're taking a tra- trade of that scale you don't really care about the 40 pips and that's the side that you have to look at it for sure, you know, there's, like there's different strategies that that you'll have different stop losses for. There's no doubt about it. If you're looking for a bigger move, you're going to be happy with a slightly higher risk on that trade. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, I mean, it, it wasn't even just about the the the. You're you're right, actually. Uh, you know, it is forty pips, but you know, there was, you know. The information came out to say that they weren't going to intervene with the, you know, and there was other, you know, dollar was continuing to kind of build strength at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was it was just one of those situations where as a retail trader, we all fall into the trap of it is is, is going, okay, this has to happen. You put your order in and all of a sudden it'll spike and you're out of the market. Yeah. You know, and it'll just it's almost, you know. The markets are just doing that. They're just trying to find liquidity. And all yeah. of a sudden, it'll just hit and then then it'll fall. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, so that's another scenario that you have to watch out for. Yeah, exactly. Back there. And actually, if you go back to, if you look actually going back onto the dollar yen chart, it's actually a good example. I mean, I've just looked at it here now. So if you go back to the 20th of October um, on the daily chart, you can see how you know that, that price spiked all the way up to what 151.90 95 level and then just shot back down again what what date are we going back to the back on the around the 20 20th of october 22 oh 2022 yeah yeah you can see that huge spike all the way up you know you one know, you just, you just see that that's and that's just some that's basically the market just you know finding yeah. them orders and then and then saying see you later yeah uh, so i mean so, i think I think what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, I think a good lesson for everybody is, is a lesson on liquidity, you know, and, and how liquidity works. You know, I think a lot of people seem to forget just exactly how it works because, you know, I've heard people say, oh, it was the market makers drove price up to 152 and, you know, uh, there was a huge sell order at 152 and and, and that's why it went there. And, it, that, that, and that's really not what the case is. You know, if you actually look at, let's just say the price at 150.51, 
right? That was the price, and there was maybe a thousand. There was maybe a thousand contracts going at that price, and at one fifty one fifty, there was maybe another thousand, and at one fifty one fifty one, and so the way up all the way to fifty two, there was maybe another thousand of contracts. Yeah. So, whenever you're entering a huge, huge volumes, you know, and I'm not talking hundreds of thousands, I'm talking hundreds of millions into the billions, you know, here when you're trying to execute on that amount of money, you have to take this price, then you have to take the next price, and then you take a thousand shares from the next price and the next price and the next price and the next price. And when you add all that up, you finally then get it up all the way up to 152. Yeah. You know, so that can just be one trade running all the way up to 152. And then next thing you realize when you get up there, you've wiped out all the liquidity. There's no there's no other buyers or sellers. The only person that's left to buy is the people who were previously lower. So then price runs the whole way back down again. And that's just how it works. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something we'll we'll cover in the app someday. You know, I mean, I've I've got a whole lecture on it from you know university time where I can show people exactly what you know what liquidity means and how exactly maybe order books are working and 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 what that kind of means for people. Because I think if you grasp if you grasp that quite well, you yeah. know, it can it can fairly help you. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. So look, I mean, like you know, um, depending on, like you say, the length, depending on your strategy depending on whatever the case may be like for instance okay just just to give you another example example of going back to like i say when there's not much volatility i'll trade within ranges mm-hmm. i'll look to i'll have a bias whether that's a buyer or sell bias i'll look to sell off these levels or buy off these levels um and then what i'm looking for is when i get in the, um a breakout of my 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 second levels what i'm looking for then is then a potential breakout a slightly longer term trade yeah that's when i look for a longer term trade yeah. you know what i'm doing is i'm trying to take the profits while they're on the market. Otherwise you could be sitting there all day and you never find a trade. Yeah. Um, and then once we, once we see these levels kind of being broke, then that will trigger my slightly longer term trade potentially and look for that kind of a, uh, that run in the market. And mm-hmm. again, that's where your limit orders can come into play again as well. So you might be, um, you might, might have your level set up and what you're looking to do is you're looking to buy or sell once it actually gets out of these levels, do you mm-hmm. know, that kind of way. Um, I'm, and again, I said, I can't tell you how many times that I've took a trade like that and I've come back and the market's moved 100 pips and you know, in an hour and I've come back and I'm going, great. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, but but it's about preparation. Trading is so much about preparing your markets. In the morning, the first thing you should be doing is listen to the news. Secondly, set up your charts, how you like to have your, your charts set up. Get yourself prepared for the, for, for the markets and then, you know, be confident in your execution. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think as well, go back to the point where you said about, um, you know, trading in ranges. I think that's a huge part of it, especially when it comes to limit orders. You know, if you're doing limit orders when when it's range trading, that's probably when it's going to be most beneficial to you. You know, yeah. as you say, if you've got that resistance, support and resistance, and it just keeps bouncing off it, you're going to want to set continuous orders just to buy, sell, buy, sell. Because if you, you know, if you win three, four, five of them, brilliant. And if you lose the fifth, sixth one, who cares? You know, you, ju- you just want to keep doing it. And, and we see it all the time. Whether yeah. that's a small range or a wide range, you know yeah. they're there. I mean, they're they're there for the taking. You know, it's it's if you if you can identify these levels uh, early enough. I mean, I mean, take gold for an example. Your gold was a great one when when gold broke through nineteen hundred um a few weeks ago and broke down through, you know, eighteen forty. If you just set a buy order at eighteen hundred, because we all knew it was coming. Fine, brilliant. You ran it all the way up. Next thing, where did it go? Well, it went to two thousand. And then again, and then you just set, and then you just set a sell order. Yeah. 
if he's argued and said, "Well, I'm 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 not going to set a sell order just yet. I'm just go- I'm just going to wait." I'd say, "Well, well, what are you missing out on? You know, it's already ran up two hundred points. You know, I mean, it's ran from eighteen hundred to two thousand. If you set a sell order and it goes down further, great. If it doesn't move, you don't lose any money. And if it breaks all the way through, it's just unlucky. You mean, you ha- as you said, you always say you have to take losers in this game to be successful, and that's just the way it is. Honestly, yeah. you'll find some of the most successful traders out there will will will." trade at these this prime times yeah you know they'll just they, they'll just look for that 70 80 percent mm-hmm. opportunity where they're going to be right do you know yeah. rather than just taking the trade while it's in front of them or whatever the case may be they'll they'll sit and hold they'll wait and they'll find that opportune moment i mean like two two thousand on gold is just like the you just you don't get much better in terms of a, a sell position do you know that kind of way exactly and 1800 for a buy you know i mean i i I would say, you know, I'm just looking at a gold chart right now. You know, we were back down 9th of March, you know, March 2023 this year. We we're back down at 1800. Um, well, the start of end of last year, started this year. We're all the way down at 1600, ran all the way through to 1800, ran all the way up to 1950, found resistance, back down to 1800, double bottom, bought it right up. Fair enough, it did run higher than 2000. It ran all the way up to uh, 2075. That was in May 23. And then just came all the way back down. So again, if you just traded these levels the whole way through, you yeah. know, it would be fine. And if you just set your orders, I mean, if you went, if you back tested this and set your orders and seen how many times it worked out, it probably would have worked out a lot more times than it didn't. I mean, that range is between what? the Somewhere around the, I suppose that range started around the start of June. Do you know what I Like, you know, we're not talking about high frequency trades with, with, with that kind of trading, but you can certainly narrow that down into smaller ranges through some FX pairs and do the same thing. Look, you know, I often trade pound dollar. It's yeah. my favorite. It's my favorite uh, currency pair to trade mm-hmm. uh, because once it does get into that range, it just stays in that range, and yeah. you know, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, especially now, you know, with the with the different divergence going. But you know, I'll just finish off about what I was going to say about gold here. We've seen support coming in in gold in February, March, twenty twenty three at eighteen hundred. We've seen it again now in October at eighteen hundred. We're probably not going to see gold at eighteen hundred the rest of this year. Right. So that's just twice this year you've seen gold at 1800. What's stopping you taking a huge, huge trade, a huge buy order at 1800? Because it's worth the risk to return because you're not going to do it every week. You know, you're not going to do it every week. It's not something you're going to even do every month. You know, so take one huge order at that. If it works out, it pays off massively. If it doesn't work out, so be it. Yeah, you know? but look, I mean, there has to be variables. I mean, it, like it's all about variables, and you, we, we all know that. And I suppose we, we're talking from, you know, experience. I suppose, and I'm not, you know, depending on the listeners that are listening in, you know, it, it is about the variables. You have to be confident in in, in the trade. You have to understand that why that's gonna. You need to have like three reasons why that's gonna hold up. And yeah. if it breaks all of those reasons and you get it wrong, then okay, you know that kind of way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you're once you're once you have a decent risk management strategy, you know, there's certain trades out there that's worth tweaking your risk management for to, 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 to get that big win. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can look at a lot of different pairs and, and say things like that. You know, if, if you looked at the chart right now and you're you, and USDJPY was at 153, 155 level, what would you do? Do you think it would be worth taking a huge trade on it short? Um, on what's what I know? On, on, on dollar yen. Like I mean, I'm raging still. I'm, I'm you know, I, actually, but it, I, like, and I'm I'm looking. I look. It's it's pulled up a bit again, and I'm still looking at it. Do you know what I'm I'm 
the thing is, enough that I want to get back into that trade. Yep. And if it heads back up, what if it does head to one fifty two or one fifty three? You know, is it worth taking a huge position on? Well, well you know, that, that, that's an open ended question, but it might be. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, look, you you can take that position. You just need to understand how far, you know, how how much liquidity you have to to mm-hmm. keep you to keep you in that trade. Uh, in in a situation like that, and I don't really like talking about that because for new traders, that's the worst thing that to for, for a new trader to even think about. But for me, as a more experienced trader, I'll certainly ramp up risk in in for certain trades. Yeah, you know, uh, and and dollar yen is 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 one hundred percent there. I mean, even like as much as gold, it's it's there. Do you know that kind of way? And I just it, it I just can't see it going over. Yeah, one fifty three. I just don't. I just don't see it. Yeah, look, I. I I seen a thing. There's there's a guy I follow on Twitter, and you know he's been putting up saying that dollar yen is going to go to one sixty five and one seventy and things like this. And I I just don't know where people actually get these. Like you know, I I don't know where people get these estimates from. You know, and this guy claims to be a professional trader and sits in front of the screen all day. And I said, right, fine. And I had a conversation with him. Yeah, I'd love to put up. You know, actually ask these these guys some questions and. actually pull some information out of them to to get a response because these some so many people are out there offering opinions and, and i'm all for opinions because i'm not always right i'm not gonna say yeah. i'm always right but when it's guys out there with no volatility at, at all to, to to what they're saying it, it it's it, there's nothing more frustrating yeah you know and i i said to this guy i said you know well, well what's to make you think that because I, I was quite intrigued by it. i did ask him yeah i did ask him because i was quite intrigued by it. you know i mean when you see somebody calling 165 dollar yen you're like fuck why you know that's that's the first question that's what you know why yeah <laughs> yeah and you know he was saying that well he thinks that the bank of japan just aren't going to intervene and that they're they're going to be afraid to intervene and you know he kept going on really Basically, the moral of the story was is he kept running down the Bank of Japan saying that they're having the balls to pull it off. And I says, yes, but do you not understand what dollar yen at 165 means for Japan? You know, that would mean a very weak yen. That would mean the cost of imports are going to rise. That means that inflation in Japan is going to go higher, you know, with um, yields in Japan already negative. Is that something the Bank of Japan are going to take on? Of course not. They're never going to take something like that on. I mean, it's a dodgy area where it is right now because... Even though the inflation in Japan isn't huge, uh, it's you know just over two percent. But they have a very very tough time trying to get that down to two percent at the minute. And you know the history of Japan, and it's a, it's a great thing to read about. You know the economy and how it hasn't grew in the last forty years and things like that. If you really think that the, that the Bank of Japan are going to let the yen weaken so much that it's going to drive inflation that high, you have another thing coming. You have a seriously another thing coming. There's no way that they would ever get that high, you know, without an intervention. Tell us a bit more about Japan, just in in short, in a, an abbreviated, in the shortest format possible. Um, basically, Japan hasn't grew in the last forty years. Um, I can't I can't remember what it was. There was there was a palace. There was like a royal palace or something in Japan back in the eighties, and it was worth more than the whole real estate of um of California. So this one building or this one area was worth more than the whole of real estate of California. And things got super hyperinflated. And and it's not just the way that people in Japan live. There, there are negative interest rates, which mean that the bank actually pays them money to keep their money. Or sorry, they pay the bank money for them to keep money in the bank. So usually when we, you know, uh, deposit money into a checkings account or into a savings account, we then receive you know interest. And that at the minute it's not too great. Well, some bank accounts are good and better than others, but they actually pay for that service. And that's to try and entice people to spend. And because the inflation in Japan just isn't there, people aren't spending, prices aren't going up, and they're having a hard time with that. 
So will the Bank of Japan really want um, prices to keep going up that high when people aren't spending already? I, I, I couldn't imagine it. You know, that's... Did we give us a good it, tip for uh, a good bank for interest rates? Uh, probably if you're in the UK at the minute, looking at Chase, it's probably one of the best ones, uh, yielding 4.2. But just to get back to something I says, and I'll clear it up around the whole dollar-yen thing, a lot of people will say, well, you know, if they're, if they're not spending... Um, then higher inflation is good. You know that that will encourage people to spend. But the thing is, what you have to remember is you have to try and understand what the Japanese consumer are like and what the um what that economy is like. People like to hoard money. People like to save money. People just don't like to spend. And if prices are going that high, they'll pull it off even further. There's kind of a different culture than we have, if that makes sense. And it can be very hard for Western economics to to understand. Um, so it's definitely not something that that the BOJ are going to be looking out for is prices up that high. You know, although saying that, when you take a look at the chart, you know, if we um, take a look at the price history on kind of a monthly basis, if we go back here to 82, the price of USD JPY was 270. You know, we're now at 150. So over the last, what, yeah, over the last uh, 50 years, Price has just been declining and declining and declining the whole way down. You see the Japanese yen has just been getting stronger and stronger or the dollar has been getting weaker and weaker. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Whatever way um, we want to look at it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, anybody to say that we're, we're, you know, look what happened the last time this level hit. Yeah, if you, if you, if you look back to um, 1991, that was when price got to 160. So, that could be a level you might want to mark out. It, it yeah. may it may run there, but I, I I just don't think it's going to run there. I just don't think it's going to run back to that stage. So I don't. I I can't see it. So that's. Do you go out? Are we gonna are we gonna put all our money on this trade, or are we not gonna put all all our money on this trade, Rory? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm saying nothing. I put up a good argument, and then I'll look at the charts in two weeks, and it'll be at one sixty five. Yeah, man. You know, that's the beauty of these podcasts. They're they're around but, forever, Rory. But look, you, have, you know, before we end it, you have to have confidence in what you're doing. You know, I could be completely and utterly wrong about this. You know, it could be on its way to one sixty five, and this guy on Twitter could be entirely right in what he's saying. But you have to have some sort of confidence sure about it. Get to right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in delete comment. <laughs> Deactivate account. Send 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 him a message. We'll send take a couple of weeks off from podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll be banned. <laughs> oh, stop. Okay. Well, look, Rory, it is late now, so uh, I do appreciate you. Yeah, uh, staying up for this one. And, yeah, uh, we'll catch you next Monday. Yeah, no worries. Cheers. Thanks, John. See you in the next one.